On this week's episode, we discuss the serial shootings that held New York City captive from 1976 to 1977, courtesy of the Son of Sam. Then review the Spike Lee thriller, Summer of Sam. So grab us a BLT on your way to the pod shed. We're popping quaaludes and talking about murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah it's your other host bailey Boop-a-doop-a-doo. hey b hey episode 26 <laughs> welcome we have late breaking ground shattering hot off the presses news we have finally gotten onto apple podcasts onto itunes hey well we think we cannot confirm. We are 95% sure. I have the confirmation email, um, but none of us have iTunes to check because we're all Android users, but I'm pretty sure we are. This is very exciting. And so I don't know how anything works, but I feel like no matter what service you're listening to us on, but especially if you somehow found us on Apple, if you could, what do they have to do? Rate it? Well, get like we it? We don't have anything i related i don't know if anybody gives you the option to rate this podcast if you guys could please do that it would be awesome if you could go to our instagram and be like hey you're actually there you guys (laughs) just let us know (laughs) yeah that'd be anything anything helps so we're really excited we've i've been trying forever since day one for some reason when we first started because we are do-it-yourself podcasters if you're new welcome and also myself m i've I had to learn how to do all of this everything shit. from scratch. I had a YouTube at all. I had nobody to help me. Nobody in my life does a podcast. I had a, from the equipment to how to even get a podcast on the internet. Like all of that stuff was my mind me. is still blown. I'm st- I still don't know how you make this shit happen. It's COVID yeah. just going into a pandemic and having nothing to do. Cause I just show up and it's like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but for some reason, when we first started, I could not figure out how to get on Apple. Mm-hmm. They made me jump through a million hoops that I I just couldn't figure it out. But for, I'm wondering if it's because we're uh, air quote established podcast. Right. We've had so many episodes now. And that's why I said it's like being Instagram verified. Yeah. Like, it was like smooth sailing. Yeah. We got our blue check mark according to iTunes. <laughs> yeah. It was super smooth sailing. And maybe that's just because I'm more used to doing things like that now versus in the beginning. Or maybe it's because we have had... So many episodes, but either way, we're there. Yeah, so I'm excited. Amazing. Welcome to the cult. Um, we're spreading our Kool-Aid everywhere, you guys. <laughs> That's right. Spread it along with us. Tell tell your friends and family. Um. So obviously, last week we touched upon the fact that our country is burning to the ground, <laughs> quote, metaphorically. Unquote. Um. And I just wanted to say, like, I kind of made light of it i said it was funny because it shows them shows like what losers they are and i still stand by that sentiment but i just want everyone to know i i do not funny take it lighthearted at all it is very serious i'm very upset that people got injured no matter what side of the road they stand on and this is to go for anything we say on this podcast we understand all of these cases are serious but that's not what we're here for well we appreciate the seriousness but we're here to kind of just bring some 
laughter. And, and that's just the way we both deal with things. I mean, you kind of deal with things more of ignoring. Exactly. I deal. <laughs> All right. Deny, deny, deny. I deal with things as like, um, like awkward laughter trying. Mm-hmm. It's just the way I deal with things. Yeah. So I, I just want to make sure because I, when I listen back to him, like, ooh, I hope they don't think that I'm actually think it's funny right. or that I actually and we understand these people have families and jobs yeah no and I lives don't and... I do think it's funny that um all these Trumpsters are being shown for the blatant hypocrites that they are that is humorous to me and that will always be funny to me yeah but you know I wish that all that violence and terror didn't happen obviously um but anywho yeah so yeah. do you feel like I I feel like I'm just on a I just feel like I'm on this countdown to the to the change of power to yep. getting a new president. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's giving me anxiety. I don't know how I feel about it. I just, it's, I want it to happen and I want it to happen smoothly. And I'm just tired of waiting. And I'm like, I'm, I keep waiting for their shoe to drop. So like the way you're describing this is like the way I felt like I was going to feel on New Year's. Right? Uh-huh. But I didn't. Yeah. Like, it was just like, all right, fuck it. So it's a new year. Like, let's roll into it. But you're like, the way you're describing it as a countdown, yeah. like the anxiety, the the intensity of the situation, like what's the light at the end of the day? <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. I just, I like I said, I want it to be smooth. I think the other reason that I try to take a lighter tone is I really don't want these motherfuckers to think we're scared of them because I feel like that gives them more power. more power. They want to be very scary and intimidating. And I just like, You're I'm not. not scared of you. Um, I'm a little fearful for the people in power. I kind of want to put uh, Biden and Harris in like a, like a Pope bubble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Can we put them behind some bulletproof glass, please? For real. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all the like Congress people and representatives and stuff. It's, it's a scary time, but uh, you know, I'm not fucking scared of them. No. They can come talk to me any day. Absolutely. But where was I going with that? Oh, I'm just, I'm ready. I just hope it's a peaceful transfer of power. I'm ready to get the show on the road. Yeah. This past four years for me personally has been fucking awful when it comes to politics. I'm ready for a new dawn, new day. Uh-huh. So anyways, by the time we guys talk to you next week, it'll all have happened. Wow, you're right. That mm-hmm. is next week. Yeah, it's the twentieth, I believe. God, you're correct. Yeah, it's just it's so crazy. To Can't get here fast enough. Mm-mm. Let's go. Mm-mm. Um. So, anyways, do you want to talk about your week so far? What's been happening this week? It's kind of a big deal in your world. My baby, ah, her one and only, is four. Just turned four yesterday, and it's the best. I've been looking forward to this. I'm not a baby person. I loved her as a baby. <laughs> I hope so. Right? I mean, she's mine. I, I better. But no, babies suck. You love babies. I love babies. You have always been a baby person. If I could have a newborn forever, yeah. I would have one right now. And I now. was happy to hand mine off every chance I got. <laughs> oh, I love them. All they want to do is sleep in your arms on the couch. Yeah. No, they're little leeches. Well, they're the best. You get snuggles. They smell so they good. They give you nothing in return. They give you... <laughs> they can't even fucking look at you because they don't know how to use their eyes. Oh, these little aliens that we incubate. I love them. But no, you've been waiting for the kid phase. Mm -hmm. And so you are rapidly approaching kid phase. And it's just so good because I have you here. So we're literally watching us growing up. It's the best. (laughs) Our little mini versions of us. 
and just like watching them all playing today and just the shit she says mm-hmm. <laughs> just seeing the person she's becoming it's it's incredible and i'm enjoying it so much more now yeah Mm-hmm. It is cool, and it just keeps getting cooler to watch them develop into, like, their own people. And it's why when you hear, especially as your kid gets older, you'll start to see this and recognize this. When parents have, like, their first kid and, yeah. the, and the baby's young or whatever, and they're so just, they know exactly how this is going to go. Oh, they know exactly yeah. the rule book that they're going to follow yeah. and exactly who their child's going to end up being. And you're just like, you just got to smile and nod. Right. Don't say anything because that's rude and doesn't help anything. No. Mm-hmm. Smile and nod and go, okay, that's awesome. And be and ready then, to pick up the pieces and then the kids, when their world shatters. The kids <laughs> grow up and they're their own people. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, the best you can hope for is that you teach them to be good people and kind people, which I feel like we both have that in the bank. Yep. And after that, they're their own person. And it's so much fun, at least for me, to watch my kids grow up into like, that's what helped me get over the baby thing was like once they got past even like the little kid hump and then it was like oh you're a big kid and now with like lila i can see her becoming a teenager and And i'm like whoa this is going to be so cool and here i am looking at what you have with lila now Mm -hmm. which i can't wait for to have that miniature me my best friend yeah we just kick it we're we have so much fun if i could only get Violet to sit still with me for like five minutes. She's I'm little like, though. I know. I'm like, just let me look at you. <laughs> Part of that's just Lila though, because Lila would always rather be sitting down and not doing anything yeah. than anything else. And she's been like that since she was a baby. Right. She's kind of like a human sloth. She's the best. It's the best. I know. Yeah. It's like even when she was like, so like not, what? When do kids start really going crazy? Like nine months old. Yeah. I would just put her on the floor. And give her toys. And she'd be down. She wouldn't move. Yeah. She would just play with her toys and mm-hmm. I'd clean and I would do whatever. Right. Yeah. She's yeah. just always been that way. <laughs> I know. She totally tricked me into having other kids. See? <laughs> Anywho. So, uh, yeah, Vi's birthday has been happening. She got a big girl bike. Tomorrow we're having a very small, not really a party, but our families are getting together and like watching a movie mm-hmm. and having some pizza. I so. made Funfitty everything. Yes. Funfitty everything. <laughs> Love it. I've been watching a lot of Jersey Shore Vacation. And so the oh. whole time I was making the funfettis, I was thinking of Big Daddy Sitch. And- <laughs> <laughs> we are big Jersey Shore fans. Yep. Um, all right. Anything in particular you've been watching? No, I wanted to watch a bunch of stuff and just never actually got around to it. It's been a busy week for you. It has. Week back from vacation. So in my off time, yeah, just the Jersey Shore vacation. That's, uh, what do you mean? That's perfect. What more do you want? Except for I really miss Snookums. Mm -hmm. Like I really, it's amazing how much she brought to the show that you take for granted. And she popped up on my TikTok finally out of nowhere because I already follow Vince, Vinny and um, Polly. Okay. And out of nowhere, Snooki popped up nice. and I was going to follow her. But to be honest, she kind of only does dance videos with her kid, which is cute. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. But it's their thing. It's yeah. not ours. Yeah. But it was so nice to see her. And she looks so healthy. And oh, so I know. Happy. Right. And she had the glow. So beautiful. Up. Mm-hmm. The glow up for sure. We love Snooki. Yep. So I miss her. I watched a movie that I've been waiting for, but it comes with a load of trigger warnings. Okay. And it comes with a load of like, I don't even know. Like, you probably definitely what wouldn't like it. What have we been it. waiting for? Pieces of a Woman on Netflix starring Shia LaBeouf. Okay. And an incredible actress who I'm sure has done other stuff, but I don't recognize her, Vanessa Kirby. No. 
And so they're a married couple mm-hmm. in Boston. Okay. Shy is like a rough around the edges. He's like a shocking, an iron worker. <laughs> right. And he's sober. He's like a recovering drug addict, I believe. Oh. But not- I mean, he's sober. He's cool. Yeah. He's very charming. Of course. He's very sweet. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, you love him. Yeah. Their relationship's super cute. Her mom's a total cunt because oh. she's like a rich old white lady who hates her son-in-law. Oh. And they're pregnant. And you, like, she's very pregnant. So you're there with her when she goes into mm-hmm. labor. She wants to have a house birth, a home birth. Her midwife is in the middle of an emergency, like, something. And so the midwife sends, like, another midwife oh, no. who the couple doesn't know. Yeah. And so they show up. They're going through labor. And this right here. Nope. Listen, if you've ever I had already, a kid, nope. if you've ever nope. been through labor, Mm-mm. don't fucking watch it. Nope. Because, oh my God, I could nope. feel the contractions. Mm-hmm. I could feel the pain and like the urge to push. Nope. And I was like, oh God, I'm so happy I'm never doing this shit again. Um, and then it gets worse, doesn't it? Yeah, she yeah. loses the baby. Mm-hmm. And that's what the movie, so all that happens before the credits, before the right. like title scene. And happens I, and just as the movie's titled i'm fucking broken yeah. i'm shattered into pieces so it's a great movie the acting's fantastic but of course it's a bummer it, yeah oh my god but even like let listen if you've ever experienced the loss of a child definitely i don't know if this is the movie no. for you um but even if you've ever had like i've had three healthy pregnancies and deliveries and just the feeling of being in labor no. i was like no no i don't want to do this um, but the acting is absolutely incredible. Shia LaBeouf turns into somebody who you don't like very much, but that's good acting. Exactly. To give you those kind of feelings, that's a good movie. It's just not my movie. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, just, you would hate no. it. Um, but if you guys like a nice dramatic movie, if, you if you're on your cry, if you're on your period and you need to cry, mm-hmm. you know, put that on. You'll mm-hmm. cry. It'll be great. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I know that there was a TikTok going around there for a while where people would do a before and after reaction. Yeah, about the school shootings. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I didn't want to watch it, but just how people were so intrigued by seeing these poor people afterwards just wrecked, <laughs> sobbing, and they're like, oh, yeah, I totally want to fucking watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I follow like a good handful of teachers yeah. on TikTok, and they all did that challenge. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why would you Why? do that to Yep, I know. I'm one of those people. I like a nice dramatic movie that just wrecks me for some reason. <laughs> I also started watching the um, docu-series Night Stalker, which is going to be more up your alley, B, especially since you don't know anything about true crime. Uh-uh. The Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, is maybe one of the worst. He's definitely one of the worst. I'm trying to figure out if he's the, the worst, worst serial killer of all time. Okay. He's also a child abductor and child rapist. He... I mean, he played the whole gambit. He went, there's no patterns. Anybody and everybody, all age groups, all ethnicities, all genders, anyone could get it. Mm -hmm. Um, All different weapons, guns and hammers and tire irons and knives. And he'd cut pieces off and take them with them. And just the whole gambit. And it happened in L.A. and then eventually NorCal in the 80s, 70s, 80s. Um, So. Nice. It's, you know, it's something. It's yeah. it's brutal. The detectives who solved the case are still alive, so they interview them. They're a big cool. part of it. Yeah. They interview some survivors. And you said Netflix? Netflix, okay. the Night Stalker. And then... Hour or half hour? It's a series. 
So it's like, I want to say like 45 minutes each episode. Okay. I but it's a limited, I yeah. think it's only a few episodes long. Mm-hmm. And I said 70s, 80s. And when I said that, I meant 80s. That's straight up 80s. Straight 80s so you'll yeah. love it because it's like 80s. Of LA course. is how you start. Yeah. And they take you there. They put you, before they talk about Richard, they put you in the environment of like, 80s LA. I know how you feel about the 80s. Um, see, now you're talking my love song. I know. Right? Yeah. And there's violence mm-hmm. and yep, you would like it. I was talking to Lou about it, who's older than we are. And I'm like, it's old. He was old enough at the time, 1985, which is to when know. we were both born. Yeah. That he doesn't know anything about it. He doesn't remember. But if he would have been paying attention, he'd probably remember. I'm like, he's definitely old enough, especially because he Richard eventually went up to Northern California. Yeah. I'm like, this was probably a really big deal to his parents. And they were just, a, or he, or he, they just talked about it when he wasn't in the room. Okay. That's what I picture. I picture Louis going out and playing outside and, and his mom and aunts just chain smoking and, going and talking up. about mm-hmm. the night stalker. Yeah. Um, so you should ask your parents about it. See what they remember for sure. Cause I'm sure they remember. Yeah. All right. That's all I got on my notes. B cool. got anything else you want to talk about? No. No, this week we are doing a bit of a heavy, a heavy hitter. The Son of Sam, a.k.a. the 44 caliber killer, a.k.a. David Berkowitz. And what's your movie, B? My movie is Summer of Sam. Summer of Sam. By, I made her watch a Spike Lee movie, y'all. 1999. <laughs> That's so, really? Mm-hmm. Man, I thought it was earlier than that. Fantastic. Um, I got to be honest. I, I've seen Summer of Sam, and I remember them not really going into the killer a ton. And I knew the like highlights of the son of Sam case, but I learned a lot about it because I didn't know a whole lot. And watching the movie, I felt that way. I'm like, I feel like they're leaving so much out. Mm -hmm. Because I think in all fairness, Summer of Sam is supposed to be more about like how the New Yorkers were dealing with it than Mm -hmm. it was about the actual David Berkowitz and what he was doing. Exactly. It's like one of the main lines in the movie. It's like in a city with 8,000 tales, this is just one of them kind of a thing where it's like there's so much shit going on. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, here we go, guys. Let's do it. Pour yourself a glass of something. Spark yourself up a roll of something. Take a mushroom and start talking to dogs. Yeah, whatever you want. David Berkowitz was originally born Richard David Falco on June 1st. By the way, guys, I don't know if you remember this from last week. I hand typed out. I, I put the months Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Because Instead last week, four I always do the number of the month. And then by the time we actually start talking about the case and I've had a couple drinks, I can't remember what number goes with what month. And I just stare at it forever. Our brains can only handle so much. <laughs> so born Richard David Falco on June 1st, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York. Um, his parents are not wed. Um, his biological dad never wanted kids. They split up right before his birth. So the bio mom gives him up for adoption. Richard's adopted by a nice Jewish couple a few days later. um, And they switch his first and middle names and then add their last name. So now his name is officially David Richard Berkowitz. As a boy, he has above average intelligence. He's, um, I can't remember what they said his IQ was, but it was a pretty high IQ, especially for somebody so young. Um... But around puberty, he starts hearing demons. Okay. And these demons demand violence of him. Yes. So to keep the demons at bay, he starts 
performing like petty larceny and pyromania and that kind of keeps the demons quiet little crime here and there yeah and i can't i i know he sees a psychiatrist at some point this is a good time to tell you that i got everything from crimemuseum.org wikipedia and then just today i listened to an episode of a podcast i've never listened to before called serial killers where they really like dive deep and go in depth on serial killers and why they are the way they are and who they are I only listened to episode one because that was like his before the killing started happening. Mm-hmm. And it was a great podcast. It was very informative. And um, so they, there's some stuff they said that I'll throw in here and there, but it was just more to get like the vibe of him. You right. Know? And I think they did say though that he saw like a psychiatrist, but the main thing that helped helped the demon voices was the pyromania. The little, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, anything in particular that we're burning? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, there might be, and I just don't know. Yeah, no There's worries. a good possibility. Mm-hmm. He's been interviewed quite a bit, and I didn't listen to any of them. I don't really need to hear you don't what care to listen to David yeah. Berkowitz uh-huh. has to say, but... Um, They're you know, out there. If you want to listen to him, I'm sure you can YouTube it. So at 14, his adoptive mom, who he was very close to, dies of breast cancer, leaving David to deal with a strained relationship with his dad, especially once his dad remarries. And, you know, now the demons are back. They're louder than They're ever. They're raging. 1971 at 18, he gets the fuck out of his dad's house as soon as possible and joins the U.S. Army. They ship him off to South Korea, where he's eventually honorably discharged three years later. And when he gets out of the army and comes home, he tracks down his biological mother, which he claims um that was it was a happy reunion and they had a great old time but he's not happy with the story of like his parents and the breakup and like how his actual like biological dad was and treated his mom and blah 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 blah. and then he also finds out that his bio dad is dead so he can't even like confront him or talk to him about it yeah so he eventually loses contact with his mom and he starts working a string of blue collar jobs in new york city um, I believe the last of which before he started his killing streak might have been security guard, but don't quote me on that. Okay. But I know at one point he was a security guard. It makes sense. So his first attack happens, and this comes from him. He talked about this one. The the I don't even know if the police were getting him for this one. He talked about this one, told him After them about the it. Fact. His first attack technically is on December 24th, 1975, so Christmas Eve. He stabs two women with a hunting knife. One woman was never identified, and I couldn't find any info if she survived or not. Wow. Um, and he's se- like 22-ish now, right? 1975, and he was born in 53. Yeah. Perfect. Wow, B. Man, the look only, at that man. The only reason I know it is because you had mentioned when he turned 18. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do that much math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, 22, first kill, maybe. Stabbing. Yeah. Um, And I believe this might be his only stabbing. Okay. The second woman, Michelle Foreman, survived, but she didn't see the attacker. Mm. Skip to July 29th, 1976. So we're a whole year later, right? 18-year-old Donna Loria and 19-year-old Jody Valenti are sitting in Jody's car outside of Donna's apartment in the Bronx. David walks up to the car and fires three shots into the car before walking away. Don is killed instantly, but Jody survives. She doesn't recognize the shooter, but she can give a description. Her description matches a statement given by Donna's dad of a man sitting in a yellow car earlier that evening. 
Other neighbors testified that they had also witnessed a yellow car driving around and around the neighborhood earlier that evening. So the police figure out that the weapon used is a 44 caliber bulldog gun. I don't okay. know if it's a revolver. I don't know what the difference between a revolver Never heard and like of a, bulldog a pistol gun. is, okay. but it's a 44 caliber bulldog. Okay. October 23rd, 1976, Carl Denaro, who's, or Denaro, mm-hmm. who's 20, Rosemary Keenan, who's 18, are sitting in a car parked in Queens when the windows shatter out of nowhere. Scared, Carl drives off before realizing that they've both been shot. Rosemary has actually, nope, sorry, before they'd both been shot out. Rosemary only has injuries from the broken glass. Okay. But Carl's been shot in the head. What? And he drove away. Because, like, his body was just an autopilot. Literally an autopilot. Yeah. Literally. Wow. Both survive, <gasps> but neither of them saw the shooter. All right. Police determined that a 44 caliber handgun was used, but they don't make the connection to the other shooting because it's in two different boroughs of New York City. I knew this shit was coming up. (laughs) It's so funny that we just went over the boroughs last week. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. What are they again, B? Pop quiz, hot shot. No fucking clue. Come on, give it a try. The five, there's five. You already already said two of them. Brooklyn. Yep. Bronx. Yep. They were just parked in one of them. Staten Island. Where were these guys just parked? I don't remember. <laughs> think Nicki Minaj. Think uh, <laughs> Anaconda. <laughs> Queens. Okay. And now think Sex in the City. Manhattan. Manhattan yes. is one? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if Manhattan was or not. Yes. Okay. Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. Yep. Never would have gotten Queens. Well, that's, I said Nicki Minaj. I was trying to think of Cardi B. No, you should Beyonce. King of. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <sighs> So they're two different boroughs. So one month later, 18-year-old Joanne Lomino and 16-year-old Donna Damasi are walking home from the movies shortly after midnight. So this might as well be us, right? Be when a man dressed in military fatigues approaches them in their Queens neighborhood to mm-hmm. ask for directions. In a high-pitched voice, he says, "Can you tell me how to get?" Then he whips out a revolver, firing several shots at the girls. He runs away. Both girls are shot. Both girls survive. Oh, my God. He's the worst. It might be the bulldog situation. Maybe this gun isn't that powerful. Though Joanne is paralyzed for the rest of her life. Oh, my goodness. I know. But, I mean, I guess it's better than... You're alive. Dead? I honestly don't know. I've never been paralyzed. I know. Police again determined that the gun used was a forty-four caliber. um, And they also are able to make composite sketches based on both the girls and their neighbors' testimonies. So are they at least putting these sketches together? Well, we're not there yet because we're still in different boroughs. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. I'll give them credit. We're in different boroughs. All right. All right. You remember the boroughs are so big, they might as well be in different cities. No, no, for sure. Yeah. So are we noticing a pattern yet, B? Yes. Okay. What are patterns are we noticing? So we're noticing that he's a terrible shot. (laughs) Awful shot. Usually couples. Correct. Um, at night. At night. Usually parked in a car, although the last one we just talked about was walking Walking, home. but still. It was like a date situation. And um, so far, the one man that's been involved is Carl, but Carl had shoulder length brown hair. So the police think that maybe he thought it was it a woman. It could have been a woman. Mm-hmm. 
because he's going for like brunette women. Correct. With shoulder length, brown hair, mm-hmm. or longer. Mm-hmm. A 44 caliber is always used. Do we know what either of his moms looked like? I wonder if that Ooh, has- great question. Can you remember it for a follow up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week? I'll do my best. Um, And oh, shit. Where was I going to go? Oh, and so I don't know if they've realized it's the same person. Maybe that'll say later in my notes, but at some point they name this guy the 44 44 caliber caliber. killer Mm -hmm. all right so another shooting happens on january 30th 1977 injuring john deal who's 30 and killing john's fiance christine freud freund freund who's 26 god rest your soul christine as they were sitting in john's car in queens John didn't see the shooter, but police are finally noticing the patterns. However, they believe that they're looking for two shooters. They often have conflicting reports. Some witnesses see a blonde man running away from the scenes, and some witnesses see a dark-haired man running from the scenes. Interesting. So they think they might have two shooters working together. Okay. There's a couple more shootings. March 1977, 19-year-old Virginia. God bless America. Vosk. Kirchian mm-hmm. was shot several times while walking home from class, and eventually she dies from a gunshot to her head. The next month, April 1977, Alexander Asau, who's 20, and Valentina Suriani, who's 18, are both shot and killed while sitting in a car in the Bronx. Um, He really got busy. Yes, and even though uh, these are all kind of happening... In the different boroughs at different times, they're in the same neighborhoods within those boroughs. So when he's doing shootings in Queens, it's within the same like neighborhood in Queens. Or when he's in the Bronx, it's like in okay. the same kind of general area in the Bronx. Okay. So even though he's in different boroughs, when he goes to whichever borough he's going to, he's he kind of targeting keeps it in a the similar same place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this shooting's different. Because he leaves behind a handwritten letter addressed to the captain of the New York Police Department. Um, They find it at the crime scene. The letter is written in blocky letters alternating between upper and lower cases randomly. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, again, I mean, I'll post it on our Instagram. You can look at it online. It looks like a kid wrote it. Right. I have the whole letter. So the question is, do you want me to read the whole letter or do you want me to skip it? People can look it up. I like the first opening line. It says, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a Wemon hater. Mm-hmm. W-E-M-O-N hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. And then he goes on and on about, you know, how crazy he is, how much he loves to kill people. Uh, to the people of Queens, I love. Nah, 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 nah. May God bless you. That feels like something weird to right. say to people that you're terrorizing. Um, police. Let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 ugh. Years in murder, Mr. Monster. That's how he signed off. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit in between the opening and the closing. You know, like I said, we'll post it. You can look at it. Um, I tried to look up how many letters he ended up sending or leaving behind. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find an answer. But it's definitely more than one. He leaves like a string of letters. Yes. Um, Police... Take the info from the letter and pair it with the patterns that they have been figuring out. 
and they come up with a psychological profile. They believe he's neurotic, possibly a paranoid schizophrenic, and he believes he's possessed by demons. They also track down every legal owner of a 44 caliber bulldog revolver in New York City and question them, also doing forensic tests on these guns, but they do not find the murder weapon. Interesting. So they do not find the killer. Okay. They also start setting traps to catch the son of Sam, which now I guess they're calling him the son of Sam because that's how he, that's what he called himself. He named yeah. himself the son of Sam. Correct. Um, they set up traps by the police posing as couples parked in cars mm. late at night throughout New York to try to entice him, but nothing ever Which happens. Is just like our lover's lane case. Exactly what I thought mm-hmm. of. On May 30th, 1977, Jemmy Breslin, a columnist for the Daily News, receives the second Son of Sam letter. It's postmarked for the same day from Englewood, New Jersey. The envelope has the words blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity, 44, written on it. In the letter, Son of Sam says that he read Jimmy's column. He's a like a fan, not a fan, but like an avid reader of this guy's column. He references several victims. He mocks the New York City Police Department because they can't solve the case. Also asking, what will you have for July 29th, which is the one year anniversary of the first shooting. There's also all these like weird symbols drawn on the bottom that nobody can like make heads or tails of. It's like his witchcraft. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did he put a curse on it? So Jimmy publishes this letter the next week, urging Son of Sam to turn himself in. This just leads the police to receiving a ton of phone calls and tips, all which go nowhere. They waste their time. But it did. this did cause that issue of the Daily News to become the highest selling copy of their newspaper to date. 1.1 million copies sold. Yeah. So there you go, Jimmy. I bet you got employee of the month that month. (laughs) Before this, people were worried, you know. It's a super grimy time in New York. This is before Giuliani, which, by the way, I don't like Giuliani, but this is before Giuliani came in and clean up New York. Mm -hmm. So before then is a real grimy, gritty time in New York City's history. So I don't think shootings were that big of a deal, but I think people who were paying attention we're probably starting to catch on and get a little that there was a worried mm-hmm. now that old Jimmy's posted this letter That's and really catching articles are being written. People are starting to panic a bit. Mm-hmm. They there's a big decrease. People aren't walking um, at night, driving or parking. Who are all these people parked in cars at night in New York City? It was a thing to do. I guess so. They're just bored. Yeah. Um, women rush to the hairdresser to cut their hair shorter to dye it blonde is if they're brunettes they're trying to bleach their hair out or they start wearing wigs Mm -hmm. june 26 20 year old mechanic sal lupo and 17 year old judy placido are sitting in sal's car at 3 a.m after leaving a disco club in queens they were talking about Son of Sam when three gunshots blast through the car. Wow. Sal shot in the right forearm while Judy was shot in the right temple, shoulder, and back of the neck. Both survive. Whoa. Neither saw their attacker, but two witnesses saw a tall, dark-haired man in a leisure suit running from the scene. One even claimed to see him get into a car and supplied a partial license plate number for the police. July 31st. Two days after the anniversary of the first shooting, Stacy Moskowitz and Robert Violante, who are both 20 years old, are making out in a car 
parked near a park in Brooklyn when Son of Sam shoots at the car, hitting both victims in the head. Robert loses one of his eyes, and Stacy dies later at the hospital, and she is Son of Sam's only blonde victim. Wow. There are several witnesses to this shooting. They're able to provide... I mean, this is the one good thing about it being in New York, is that there's always someone awake in New York City. For sure. So, like, this happens at 3 a.m., and there's still witnesses. There's still people fucking walking around doing whatever at 3 a.m., because it's NYC. So, I guess it's also kind of not definitely not fun. This is not a fun subject matter, but it's for me at least, I'm so saturated with like Northern California serial killers. It seems like almost all the serial killers have came from at least California, in particular Northern California. Right. So, to hear it happen in New York is just like a just something inter- something different to read about. Yes. All right. So, Hold on, it's going to take me a minute. Okay. So there's several witnesses. They are able to provide descriptions of the shooter to the police. One of the witnesses described that the man looked like he was wearing a wig, which could account for the varying descriptions of suspects with blonde and dark hair. Yeah, interesting. Now they're wondering, you know, he could be one or the other and then wearing a wig the other times. Okay. Several witnesses saw a man matching Berkowitz's description wearing a wig driving a yellow car. Okay. Without any headlights. Oh, so he was driving a yellow car without any headlights and speeding away from the crime scene. Now, here's where we're starting to heat up, people. You ready for this? A woman named Cecilia Davis is walking her dog near the scene of the previous shooting I just told you about. The people making out at 3 a.m.? Yes. So Cecilia, before this shooting happens, Cecilia's walking her dog in that neighborhood. Okay? Yes. She sees a police officer ticketing cars. Yes. And he tickets a car that's blocking a fire hydrant. After that police officer leaves, moments after he leaves, a man walks past her from the direction of that car and stares at her. And she's super creeped out by him. Uh, you think? Especially, yeah, it's 3 a.m. The fucking... And you're going to look me up and down, Son of Sam is on the loose. Yeah, who the fuck are you? Especially because he's holding a dark object in his hand. Mm-hmm. So she turns around and runs home. Fuck yeah. A few moments later, she hears gunshots, which are the shots that end up... I can't remember their names right now. Stacy and our yeah. yeah, our previous victim, Stacy and Robert. So then she tells police. Uh, and so the police go and they check every car that got a ticket in that area that night. Brilliant. David Berkowitz's 1970 four-door yellow Ford Galaxy is among the cars investigated. It's a yellow Ford Galaxy? Yes, it is. I guess in the 70s, that's not like a fucking eyesore. But yeah. <laughs> August 10th, 1977, police search David's car. They find a rifle, a duffel bag with ammunition, maps of the crime scenes, and here it is, the literal smoking gun. An unsent Son of Sam letter. Oh. Isn't it amazing that this whole case is going to get solved because he's so full of himself that he, like, don't park in front of a fire hydrant, my dude. Right. You can't park anywhere else on the street. No. Because you just think you're that untouchable. Nobody's going to catch you. (laughs) Right. Police wait for David to leave his apartment. And when he does, they find him carrying a forty-four caliber bulldog Mm. in a paper bag. Amazing. 
when are, I wonder whose life they just spared. Because he has the letter. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. He's got the gun in the bag. He's about to drop it. He's about mm-hmm. to go kill someone and drop yeah. the letter. I wonder who it would have been. Wow. Someone's life. That's amazing. Um, well, here's another thing. I guess because of the way you're describing it, how even though there was a connection and it was being reported, it wasn't as clear to everyone in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, Versus the lover's lane case where it's like, really, you're tempting fate. You're going to go make out in a car somewhere. You almost deserve to die. Like, you're just asking for it at that point. And that was like Texarkana. So it's also anything that happens there is big news. And so for Like I said, in New York, shootings in the Because me watching the movie, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Like, what are you doing? Of course this is going to happen to you. But if you really think about it in the vast aspect the majority well that's just human nature look at this pandemic i know how many people are not don't push the red button you know i want to fucking push the red button yeah how many people are not following guidelines and regulations because it's such a broad spectrum that they might not ever see somebody who has covid or die from covid so they're like it's bullshit like that'll never happen to me it won't happen to us absolutely and that's just not the case um i think that's just human nature it's pretty crazy so there are all sorts of people out there making out in their cars that night that could have gotten it. Listen, you know what it's like when you're horny, you're all, <laughs> what are the chances? Dude, you know what it's like? Well, here I am. You know if there was a serial killer out there, I'd be so hot in my pants. Like, Dude, I want to go <laughs> fuck and get this serial killer so bad. Um, Could you, I mean, and you think about how big the five boroughs are. Like, what are the chances but, of yeah. them of that happening like yeah. even that night stalker docuseries i've only watched the first one and a half episodes of it but they show like a reenactment because he also had a yellow piece of shit bucket <gasps> car and yes. they show the vastness of la at night yeah which is just it sprawls it's, it's, out forever yeah and it shows this yellow piece of shit car driving through the hills into the city of la where it just disappears and it's like Anyone. of course like you could Anyone. never catch him. Like, how could you? Mm-hmm. It's such a big place. Mm-hmm. There's so many people. Like, yeah. how do you catch anybody? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, in these boroughs of New York. I mean, it's just so many fucking people For and places sure. to be. For sure. Next, the police. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, Lunson, uh, he has the gun and a paper bag. Okay. So, when arrested, it's reported that David Berkowitz said in a soft, almost sweet voice. Oh. Well, you got me. How come it took you so long? Gross. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I didn't just, even say I, it right. It's, it's well, you got me. How come it took you such a long time is the quote. Dude, I would just fucking punch him in the face. <laughs> um, next, police searched his apartment. They found satanic graffiti all over the walls, diaries detailing his alleged 1,400 arsons in New York City Hell, area. So while he was not killing people in his spare time. He was still setting on, things on fire. I mean, um, I get it. When David's taken in for questioning, he quickly confesses to the shootings and states that he would plead guilty. When police ask what his motivation for the killing spree was, he said that his former neighbor, Sam Carr, had a dog that was possessed by a demon, which told David Berkowitz to kill. Sam Carr is the same Sam that inspired his nickname, the son Son of of Sam. Sam. Mm Mm-hmm. After three different psych evaluations, he was deemed fit to stand trial, which that last quote I just said, I feel like I would really, deem him. Right, really? We didn't double. <laughs> but whatever. I get it. There. He should stand trial. I'm not arguing that, but I don't know how yeah. sane he is. 
Um, his defense wants him to plead not guilty by way of insanity, but he refuses. He pleads guilty and he's sentenced to 25 years in prison for each murder. Wow. So basically six concurrent life sentences to be spent at New York's high security prison, Attica Correctional Facility. I believe that might be like their San Quentin. Okay. But I have no facts to back that up. That's just it the sounds feeling good. I got. Yeah, sounds good. Psychiatrists believe that he's lashing out. He was lashing out in anger against the world that he felt had rejected him. He felt that he had been particularly rejected by women, which could be one of the reasons that he specifically targeted attractive young women. In 1990, David's moved to the Sullivan Correctional Facility, where he still remains today. Creepy. So in prison, David Berkowitz becomes a born-again Christian. He gets an education. He's a model prisoner. Of course. Before his first parole hearing in 2002, David sends a letter to the New York governor, George Pataki, demanding that it be... Bukaki. Pataki and Bukaki don't even sound the same. It's just because it ends with the key. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'll grow up. Don't, please. Before his first parole hearing in 2002... David is sends a letter to New York Governor George Bukaki demanding that it be canceled. He wrote, in all honesty, this is a quote, in all honesty, I believe that I deserve to be in prison for the rest of my life. I have, with God's help, long ago come to terms with my situation and I have accepted my punishment, unquote. His demands are not met. Meaning that they don't cancel the parole hearings. Yeah. David Berkowitz has consistently refused to ask for release, denying all parole hearings, not even showing up to some of them. Well, I respect that. I do respect that as well. Decades after his arrest, the name Son of Sam remains widely recognized as that of a notorious serial killer. Many manifestations in popular culture have helped perpetuate this notoriety, while David Berkowitz himself continues to express remorse on Christian websites. To be fair, real quick. Yeah. So he's been experiencing these demonic thoughts from a very, mm -hmm. like, young age, right? A teenager. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I should note, this is something I got from the podcast. I don't know if he's ever actually diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, um, but usually that starts to show up, especially in boys, in, in puberty. Teens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that he starts hearing these demon voices yeah. when he's going through puberty is pretty telling. Mm-hmm. Right. So m having not experienced this myself, I can only imagine how scary that would be. Can't imagine. Right. Absolutely terrifying. So if that is the case, I myself personally would be feel the comfort of a jail cell. Right. Put me in that confined space yeah. where I know I can't hurt anybody and then I can almost like release myself to those demons because I can't do or you're or like, getting forced to get professional help either way yeah. either way I feel like that's almost like a win for him <laughs> yeah uh, I, I totally agree and especially back when this was happening to him it's not like they had any idea of mental health issues exactly. the 50s 60s and that's why I understand him not wanting to why would you why would you want to get out well especially if they finally got him 
professional help and like got him on meds and yeah, stuff. Why would you want to And leave? then you realize what you did when you were in the middle of your psychosis. How could you live with that? Right. Yeah. It's like as soon as you're like sane and clear thinking because he is above to average know, intelligence. Yeah, he's, to know what you did. He's yeah. very smart. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure once they got his meds and everything regulated, he's like, no, no, no. Fucking leave me here. Yeah. Who else did that? Was it Ed, um, the guy who looked like your dad? Ed, was it Edmund Kemper? Remember, didn't yeah. he always deny parole? And he was like, no, no, no. The world needs me to be in here. Correct. But that was also because he thought he was holier than thou, whatever. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I still, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. No, know your place. <laughs> That's right. Your place is there <laughs> in the jail. Um, Nasa Moskowitz, who's Stacy's mom. Okay. Um, I believe that was his last victim, one of his last victims, who previously had not hidden her hatred of David Berkowitz, wrote him a letter shortly before her own death in 2006, forgiving him for killing her daughter, Stacy. Wow. I can't imagine what that took. No. So the Spike Lee drama Summer of Sam is released in 1999 with actor Michael Bataluco in the role of Son of Sam. The film depicts the tensions that develop in a Bronx neighborhood during the shootings. And David Berkowitz's part is largely symbolic. A minor character in the script, he functions mostly, quote, as a mostly as a berserk metaphor for Lee's view of the 70s as a period of amoral excess. <laughs> Thank unquote. God you're describing it for me because I was really struggling Berkowitz, with Berkowitz. Ber- here, okay, ready? Yeah. David Berkowitz was reported to be disturbed by what he called exploitation of the ugliness of the past. <sighs> and that is your son of Sam Case. Well done. Well done. Throwing my papers in the air. Hey. I worked really hard on that one. It's a celebration. I liked it. Yeah. I thought you did just enough. Because oh, you were perfect. worried, right? Well, when I started listening to that podcast, they knew yeah. so much more than I did. But yeah, that's not our job. That's not what our listeners come No, for. but if you guys want to hear an in-depth breakdown of David Berkowitz yeah. or any serial killer, the podcast called Serial Killers. Right. We'll do it for you. No, I'm feeling very satisfied. Great. Yes. I love the idea of like grimy 70s New York City. Right. You never forget some of the same. You just never know. What's going to happen? You could get stabbed at any point. And that's kind of so that's basically how the movie starts off. It's like it sets the scene for like a prosperous New York City. But it also then goes into but viewers know it hasn't always been that way. Kind of a Mm -hmm. here we are 1977. And um, here in Harlem. Uh, not a borough bro look at my fucking notes not a fucking borough. not a borough <laughs> i thought it was a borough it's not a borough uh, and literally in bold with little stars i'm like and most of our story takes my borough, which is not a borough not a borough part of a borough part of manhattan i believe isn't it don't those are fucking rude <laughs> how dare you guys ask us any question about the bay area any question how we will nail dare it dare you Okay, you will. I. St- it doesn't matter where I live. I'm still not going to have a clue what's going on around me. Again, <laughs> I know we've talked about this on the podcast. The fact that I think my family was here for maybe a month and we found like this bridge <laughs> overlooking a canyon where people left like locks with their names engraved. And we're like, oh, we just moved to this town. Like what a beautiful like life change we made. Let's put our name on a lock and put it on the bridge. Have I been there? 
No. no. And you were so shocked that it even existed. Right. Still haven't been there. Still don't know where time, it is. And at the time, you had been here for what, 10 years? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've been here for this long and I had no idea it was there. It's, and now I've been here longer. Still don't. <laughs> Have you ever driven to the next town up yeah. the mountain from us? You yeah. drive by it then. Yeah. Wouldn't have known. Still don't. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. All right. So cue our main man, Vinny, played by John Leguizamo. I love me some John Leguizamo. I do too, but, but not I in do this movie. not love me some Vinny. Oh, that's fine. That's good acting though, right? It is. It is. And his wife, Diana, played by Mira Sorvino. Love, love Mira right. Sorvino. I know. And they're hitting the club. Yes. Right. And they're like the it couple. Mm-hmm. Like when they walk in, hey, Benny D, right? Mm. And Diana is just like so fucking hot, just everything. And they're dancing and her cousin's there. And for some reason, her cousin's like full-blown Italian, doesn't speak a lick of English barely. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not feeling well. I want to go home. And so Vinny, being the gentleman that he is, offers to take her home. And Deanna's all like, babe, <clears throat> give me a fucking BLT. Yes. Right? No mayonnaise, extra mustard. What? I know. It's okay. I'll let it slide. <laughs> extra mustard, though? It's a New York thing. Okay. Right? I'm not going to talk shit about New York. I mean. All right. So... He takes her somewhere. He takes her to fucking pound town in the back, <laughs> yes. in the back of his car. Before or after the BLT. Well, don't even get me started on the BLT. So they're <laughs> doing it hardcore in the back of this fucking car. And another car like rolls up. It's a different couple on a date. And they like put on their lights and like honk their horn. Throws Vinny off his game. And so they've got to stop what they're doing. And they drive away. And fortunate that they did, because immediately here rolls up our forty-four caliber killer. Yep, and kills the couple that just rolled in behind them. Well, that's what you gave for being a cock blocker, right? Like, who does? You're on a date. I was so bro. shocked that you just told me that they put on their lights and honk their horn. How dare you? Right? Like, if anything, I'd be peeping in on the porn in front of me and being like, "Hey, yo, you want to get in on?" Or this I would just way? be minding my business. No, nope. I'd be watching and I'd be like. We could do you, better than that. <laughs> you you got out of the Bay Area before like prime dating season in our lives. Yeah. Um, but like a Bay Area staple for dating is that you go to lookout spots. There's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. great lookout spots. Right. And there's always other cars there. And it's like you turn your lights off before you even pull into the spot because you don't want to disturb <laughs> whatever is happening. Around? Yeah. No, I got you. All right. So anyway, so after he bangs the cousin, he goes back to the club and Deanna's like, bro, where's Wait, my- that wasn't Deanna this whole time? That was her cousin? Yeah. From Italy? He, who he offered to take home. Deanna's like, take my cousin home. I don't know how I forgot all that. The BLT distracted me completely. Right. No. So Deanna's at the club. I got so excited about the BLT. And was like, bro, bring me back a sandwich. His yes. wife, right? Yes. And so he comes back to the club. And she's like, where's my sandwich? He fucking forgot the sandwich and she still loves him. Oh, no. Right? Immediately. Kick him to the curb, girl. I'm furious. (laughs) Fine. If it's not a BLT, but you got to stop and get me something. Right. And so that's what she said. She's like, fine. You forget my fucking sandwich. We're done. You're taking me to a diner. I want some waffles. I want some bacon. Yes. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. I want all those things right now. Right? 
Mm-hmm. And so they're in the car and she leans over to give him a kiss. And oh, her face. Because he smells like. She could smell. Coochie cooch. The vagina. Oh, shit. All over And that's him. that 70s vagina, baby. Oh, and it's her cousin. <laughs> oh, my God. But he turns it around on her. Yeah, he gaslights her, you mean? Like, why are you asking so many questions? Yeah, he's a fucking pig. Oh, my God. Fuck you, John Leguizamo. I'm so mad. I never thought I'd say those words. But as they're driving, they roll up to the crime scene. Like, he knows that this is where he just banged the cousin. Why is he going there again? This is the neighborhood that they live in. Got it. And so he's rolling up and he gets out of the car. And for some reason, it's like he knows the cops or something. They lit him under the tape. Yeah. (laughs) And he gets to see the bodies. And it's like he realizes, like, oh, fuck. This could have been me. Yeah. All right. And so he gets back in the car. And she's like, oh, babe, what's wrong? And he's like, I just saw dead bodies. It's like, who lit him? (laughs) (laughs) He knows someone who knows someone. Anyways, so the couple in the movie, I guess, would have marked the sixth and seventh victims oh so we're starting like halfway through yeah because i oh i had it written down somewhere his final total was i can't believe i didn't anyways i believe his final total was six murders 10 injuries okay so the next day news is going fucking wild Mm -hmm. right and so um people are starting to stay indoor after night I can't believe that you'd, I mean, like we said, I know we get it, but I'm just so paranoid. I would have, you know, one killing in my neighborhood would be indoors. So that's the only thing that convinced me is what you were saying about it just being in the city. Different boroughs. Yeah, and and shootings happen all the time, whatever. I get it. But Vinny's friends, these (laughs) D-bags, these fucking like Guido motherfuckers are trying to convince Vinny that because he was there where mm-hmm. like the crime went down that the killer the chances w- it'll saw never happen him, saw oh. him that night and like took down his license plate and that he could be next oh like okay. they're fucking with him so hard to make yeah. him think that he's like on a hit list or something that's so funny right and this is when <clears throat> their friend Richie comes in Little spoiled mama's boy played by Adrian Brody. Okay. And he recently like decided to go through an identity crisis and he is now punk. Oh, okay. And he is the only one in the neighborhood, which is very Italian. Yes. Right. And they're like basically treating him like he's a freak show. Yeah. (laughs) But Vinny's like, bro, it's still Richie. Like this is still our friend. Mm-hmm. Calm down. So for the most part, this is like the one good thing Vinny offers in the movie. Is okay. He does He's try. accepting. Yeah. He tries to be Richie's friend. And then Vinny was quite the fuck boy before he got married. And uh, sounds <laughs> like he might still be quite the fuck boy <laughs> right. post-marriage. <laughs> He's so, fucking his wife's cousin. Also, fuck you, cousin. Right. What are you doing? I know. it's the 70s i don't fucking know anyways so his one of his ex-girlfriends played by jennifer esposito Uh ruby she basically was like so cool that she kind of became one of the guys yep so she hangs around we know how that goes and she's into richie's new look 
Okay. She is likes into it. it. She likes the spikes. It's different. Right? Ooh. We love it. And so Vinny is high on like quaaludes. Oh, the good old ludes. <laughs> and trying to tell Richie that he believes God spared him that night. Oh, mm-hmm. So that he could take this as a sign to stop being a fuckboy. Oh, it's a very egotistical <laughs> view to take there. I hate when people say that shit because to me it sounds like, like how full of yourself are you? So that just means like fuck those other people, huh? I know, right. You're so it's much better about him. than those other mm-hmm. people. And so he rushes over to the restaurant that Deanna's dad owns. Mm-hmm to just like confess to her like how much he loves her and uh-huh. how devoted he is uh-huh. to her blah 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 but this is where we see that Deanna's daddy the restaurant is basically home to like a mob boss oh god I thought you were gonna tell me he was selling to Sam I was no, so excited no, no, for a minute no. it's like this is where the mob boss Luigi's hanging out yes with, with his crew okay okay So the note that was left behind in the killing was left behind at this murder for these victims six and seven. And the cops take it to the mob boss and read it to him and use it to convince him to join forces with the police to try to like. Yes. Get this killer. Okay. Uh I like this twist we put on it. That's fun. Right. Nothing's better than 70s Italian mob bosses oh, in New York. Oh, right. Love it. The best. So then we see Vinny at work, and he works as a hairdresser. And the salon, okay, Vinny. the salon's popping, and we all know why. All the women are rushing to get their hair done, either to get it dyed mm-hmm. or to get it cut or Bleached. To, to get a wig fitted, whatever. And um, Richie goes to this salon to hit Vinny up for money. Because he finally got kicked out of his mom's house when he walked in on his mom and his stepdad having sex. That got him kicked out? Well, I mean, his stepdad's like, really, bro, you're just going to like walk in, act like this is your house. It's like, and so to be fair. But isn't it his house? He's a grown ass man. I know, but he lives there. I, I know it's not his house, but I mean, like. It's not like he walked in and it's just some stranger's house. Like, he lives there. But also, to be fair, when I say when they kicked him out, they made him live in the garage. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's fair. I just can't imagine kicking my kid out just because they, like, if anything, that's more traumatizing to him than it is to them. And so he's, like, complaining to Vinny at the salon that he has to live in the garage and Ruby's there. And Ruby's like, I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's super cool. And so she uses that as her opportunity to start hanging out with Richie Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll help you fix out the garage. And she makes her move in the garage. And Ooh. he shuts her down. Oh. Damn. Right? I and, was really into it. And at the time, I thought it was because um, he was, like, being a gentleman. He's like, oh. no, like, I really like you. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm just using you like all the other guys think. That, like, What was it really? So eventually the more they start hanging out the more money he needs he's stripping at a male sex club okay and doing like male porn okay so i don't know if he's gay or just you know hard up right it's like kevin from shameless and to be fair like i was never really convinced by the end of the movie what his feelings were towards ruby like they they stay together but i don't really know what's 
what their relationship yeah, it's none of our business and who cares <laughs> but what i appreciate about ruby is here they are like fresh into this relationship and she's super into them and she's just being introduced to this whole punk scene uh-huh and now she's at this male sex club she's very woke for her time right and the her o- and gen z would get along great you know, and the owner of the club was like giving her a hard time like you still into this fucking guy or whatever she's all fuck yes i am and that's exactly her response. If yeah. anything, I feel like <clears throat> it made her more attracted to him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I listen. Really- I love a man in nail polish. Yeah. Sometimes, depending on the dude, like a dude in a skirt. Yes, yeah. I love it. Don't mind it at all. So I really, I do. I like their characters. I think they're the best. And so, um, and I gotta say, I love Adrian Brody. Oh, I know he's so great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back at the salon, my. A safe space right shocker Vinny breaks his word wow <laughs> and really? fucks his boss gloria what the fuck Vinny? <laughs> keep it in your pants my dude <laughs> and so now it's saturday night and Vinny and Deanna, they're ready to blow off some steam they've been working the right and they want to go to the club and it's dead yeah you think because right. <laughs> people have half a brain cell uh, and so it's two weeks since the last murders and police receive another letter from the son of sam and everyone's paranoia just reaches a boiling point and people are mad at police for not having any leads and so mob boss luigi decides to take things into his own hands and puts out a five thousand dollar reward oh for just information for leads for something i love that spike lee put in a whole new oh i know sub mm-hmm. like i love that he's like yeah we'll throw in a mob boss so this encourages Vinny's garbage group of friends <laughs> yep to comprise their own list of suspects and who do you think they put at the top of their list the punk guy richie how dare they why because he's just because he's different he's fucking different mm-hmm. it's not richie is it his name is Richie. Yeah. No, I know, but it's not him. Oh, no. Okay, thank Mm-mm. God. No, no, no. I'm really so, invested in him. One night, Richie's in his garage. He's jamming out on his guitar to The Who's Teenage Wasteland. Oh, yep. The right. classic. And this is where we're seeing, like, flashes of the Son of Sam killer shooting 17-year-old female, 20-year-old male, making out in their car in Queens. Yep. Okay. And then we're flashing back to Vinny and Richie at a dinner after a Yankees game and they're basically getting kicked out of the diner because Richie once again he looks different he's making the other people uncomfortable god could you imagine being in that time this is the 70s I can't believe it it just seems so I can I don't know it seems so weird so the adults in the 70s are like I mean, you're talking like you're talking about the older adults. I guess they're like before World War Two. Yeah. So at this point in New York, they hit a heat wave of a shocking 104. <laughs> Could you imagine? Funny to us NorCal people who hit 115 in the summer, but you have to remember New York is the humidity for sure. So it's 104 with like 100 percent humidity. I would much rather have 118 dry. So this 104 is causing blackouts in all five of our boroughs. <laughs> all five of them, baby. Um, so one sip. I know. 
So this is when Spike Lee makes his appearance Look at that half a sip in your glass. as a news reporter. And his character is one of my favorites because he plays like the whitest black man ever. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And he plays into it so well. And so he's filming from the scene of these riots, right? So people are taking the blackouts as an opportunity to just fucking go crazy. And I do not know if the two have real correlation. If it's actually happened In real life. But I do know that at some point in the 70s, possibly the 80s, because I can't remember which decade, there were blackouts in New York City where people went fucking nuts. I think it was during this time. So that's probably is what he's talking about. I watched a whole documentary about it on Netflix. Okay. It's really great. Yeah, I think it's during the 70s. There was blackouts and New York City just lost their fucking minds. Because there are a couple of facts at the end. And I think it all sounds realistic enough. Yep. Great. Um, so again, the mob decides to take things into their own hands because they want to protect their neighborhood from these fucking riots. Right? I appreciate it. They're I like, I would want to be mm-hmm. in their neighborhood. So they set up roadblocks and patrol groups and they arm everybody with baseball bats to keep anyone yep. trying to get out, in, or nope. in, out. Put me in their neighborhood, right. stick me in an apartment. I'm going to lock my door and wait for it all to be over. Right. So we've got Vinny and Deanna and Richie and Ruby, and they go on a little double date. Why? In the middle of a blackout? They're celebrating. What? That Richie and Ruby got a real gig because now Ruby has joined Richie's. These are the same people who are not wearing masks in the pandemic and going out to dinner for whatever fucking reason. These are the same people. I know. So Ruby joined the band and they got a gig. Fantastic. I hope they all die at the end of the movie. Girl, don't even get me started. (laughs) So Dee and Ruby are in the bathroom. Doing cocaine. No. I wish. I'm just assuming they're all on massive cocaine. Lots of coke. Lots of quaaludes. Um, Do, Do you ever wish that you could have tried a quaalude? Yes. I just want to see what it is. You think of it's course. like a Vicodin? Volume? I don't know. Me neither. I, Do yeah. they even make them anymore? In Mexico? Well, <laughs> here we come. Right. Viva la Mexico. Um, anyway, so, and fucking Deanna's trying to confide in Ruby because she's like, Ruby, I know you used to fuck my husband. Like, basically, I don't think I'm pleasing him anymore. And I'm like, this fucking saint of a woman. Yeah. This goddess, gorgeous woman yeah even fathoming the idea of not pleasing this garbage human being of doesn't even bring her a blt no how dare you yeah i know oh my god and she's like are you really asking me right now how to fuck your husband <laughs> and she's like yeah basically you know she's all be a different person uh, no apparently that's what he's into her response people. was like don't be his wife. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah just be a different person. Don't be you. Mm-hmm. All right. So they try to go to the show for Richie and Ruby. Okay. They go to the club or whatever. Uh-huh. And Deanna gets scared. Okay. It's too much for her. Too much punk. Oh. Like, like the way everybody's looking at them. And okay. She gets she's intimidated. She's like disco or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. She's a dancing queen. Yas queen. And this is just a little over the top for her. Yes. And I mean, in all fairness to her, 70s and 80s punk. Was, and she's not judging or anything. It's just she a lot. just, yeah, she just, she couldn't do it. And back then, punk was much yeah. more 
punk than punk is now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, baby, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. She wants to go to Studio 54. Oh, okay. They don't know anybody. To I was going to say, does she look know. good enough to get into Studio 54? So clearly, like, they're not on the list. They can't do shit. But as they're, like, arguing with the guy at the door... A bunch of people leaving high as fuck are like, hey, I know you, but and like swoop them up and take them to like the sex club. Okay, okay. Now we're talking. Right. So they get Deanna obliterated. Sounds fun. like basically just head first into the coke. Yes. <laughs> right. Now we're talking. Everybody's fucking everybody. Sounds fun. Well, that sounds a little gross, it, but it sounds fun. No, it's fun until Vinny sees some other man get off on his woman Ooh. and he can't handle it. He can't fucking handle it. They never it. can. It's always the cheaters it, that have right, a double uh, standard. Right. So they're in the car <clears throat> and she's like, so what? You can't even look at me. You're not going to talk to me. Like, I stayed there for you. I did all of this. For you trying to be fun exciting spice things up a bit and the piece of shit that he is just turns it right around back on her but thank god for her and this is the one time that i'm gonna approve it she spits in his face yes girl right and i'm like okay punch him in the nuts right. too yep i'm all right with that i'll take it so they pull off in the middle of nowhere and she demands to get out of the car and smarty pants mcgee she like somehow lures him out of the car and she runs around to the other side and gets in the car and fucking yes. leaves him out and i've never wanted to see somebody die more and she probably did that shit in platform heels right i have never wanted to see somebody in the movie like this die more i'm like please if he doesn't die by the end of the movie <laughs> and the fact that it's john leguizamo i know and incredible I just, I acting him. i hate him in so so much. I'm so mad at him. Incredible I'm, acting. I'm still mad at him. <laughs> we'll just have to watch Tu Wong Fu and I know. Make up for reset. it. Reset. Um, July 29th, 1977. That's son, an actual date that I said. Son of Sam writes to tell police he will kill again to mark his one year anniversary. Oh, yes. So in the movie so far, I have three letters. Okay. Okay. Did I mention that when I was talking about mine? That I didn't know how many letters he had sent. Yes, oh, yes I did. And that's it. why I'm trying to get, yes. keep track. So Vinny's, again, piece of shit friends are patrolling the neighborhood and trying to stop people and harassing anyone that they personally okay. suspect All right. could be the killer. And this is where I need to finally bring up. So in random little bursts, they're showing mm-hmm. clips of a man. Mm-hmm. In a filthy fucking apartment. Okay. Losing his goddamn mind. Uh-huh. Because there is a dog, a black lab outside his apartment barking basically 24 hours a okay. day. Right? Mm-hmm. So he's screaming out the window at this dog. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Just be quiet. He is pounding holes into the drywall mm-hmm. with his fists. There are symbols written all yep. over the walls. So this is our David Berkowitz. Right. So we're getting little clips of him thrown in here and there, the way that you kind of described, the way that Spike Lee was trying to right. use this image of this figure 
to kind of depict New York's status at the time. Just crumbling. <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and so we see him thinking that he had killed the dog. He tries to shoot it or whatever, but he can't. And the dog comes to him and tells him that he needs to kill again. Yep. Okay. This is kind of, a, if if I remember anything from the movie, it's this. This is the only the part dog. that I really remember. Everything else you've said to me, I've completely forgotten about. But I remember the dude in the apartment with the dog. Okay. And then also, so we go literally from this to like the sounds of the Yankees winning some fucking baseball game. Okay, great. <laughs> right. And Spike Lee returns as our local news reporter to cover the killings and interview local residents. And this one woman's words in particular just ring so fucking true to today. Okay. And she says to Spike Lee, thank God this is a white man killing white people. Because if it was a black man out there killing those white people, there would be the biggest fucking race riot out here in our city. Yep. And she's almost looking at him in an accusatory manner because, like I said, he's the whitest black man you've ever seen. Right. Like, what business do you even have being in our neighborhood right now? Mm. Like, this is a black neighborhood and you think you might be black kind of a thing. So it just... Spike Lee adding layers to the movie. Right. This is 1999 and fucking ain't shit changed. (laughs) And we're going back to the 70s and just nothing. Right. So I just really appreciated this particular clip. And then, of course, we go back to Garbage Vinny's friends trying <laughs> to Garbage Vinny. Once again, that Richie's the killer and that he must be in some fucking kind of cult. And so because Vinny is so high, he almost starts to like get mad at himself that he couldn't see this Mm -hmm. like how could i not know Mm -hmm. that my friend was this or that right and uh i can't do that right now because i'm about to pee my pants oh god okay so because he's so mad at himself he goes to work he shows up late he shows up super high and ends up disrespecting his boss so badly that he gets fired and then his boss calls Deanna and tells Deanna everything. Uh-oh. Not only all of the times they've had sex, uh-huh. but everybody else he's been fucking behind her back. Shit. Right? So Deanna's out. She's packing her bags. She's fucking moving back in with her parents' house. Deanna, listen. She's done. If you want to just shoot him one time, we'll forgive you. So, of course, Vinny does everything he can to try to convince her. Your microphone's not by your face, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I felt too casual. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, Vinny does everything he can. To try to convince her to stay. But I mean, come on, dude. I would have been out beforehand when mm-hmm. I fucking left you on the street. Like, no, we're done. Forever. Bye. Forever. The minute you didn't show up at the BLT. Right. It's over. It's <laughs> over. Uh, so Vinny's friends take advantage of this weakness, right? Because they're fucking douchebags. emotional state. And they're like, this is the time for us to use Vinny to lure 
Richie out of his garage and then they're going to jump him. Okay, fine. Because they're convinced he's the killer. Mm -hmm. They're going to take him to Luigi and they're going to get the cash. (laughs) They're pieces of shit. Right? So as they're doing this whole plan, the news is actually reporting that police have captured who they believe to be the son of Sam Killer in Yonkers. Oh, fuck. That's right. Yonkers exists. I don't know where that is. I know it's not a borough. It's a subset. We got Spike Lee reporting live, surrounded by hundreds of residents. They're all waiting as police bring Son of Sam in for questioning. And so we're going between this scene and then them trying to lure Richie out of his garage. Okay. Okay. And And these guys just haven't seen the news, so they don't know. Correct. They have no idea what's going on. Poor Richie. Jesus Christ. Right? So Vinny's like, Deanna left me and uses the whole thing to sucker Richie into coming out on the street. These motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. They jump his ass. Poor Richie. Beat the shit out of him. Oh. I don't want to see Adrian Brody to get beat To be fair, up. he puts up quite the fight because he brings his guitar out with them. Yes, Richie. He takes out at least three of them. Yeah, <laughs> and he's long and lanky. Yeah, he's got some reach on him. <laughs> I appreciate it. And um, they obviously forgot that he lives in the garage of his mom. Right. Because the second she hears anything. She calls the police. Fucking stepdad's out there with a gun. Okay. He rolls up like, oh, oh, motherfucker. I might have kicked his ass out to the garage, but I'm not going to let you beat him. I love it. Right. So and then they're like trying to convince the stepdad and the mom that he's the son of Sam killer. (laughs) And the stepdad's like, bro. The police have the son of Sam Killer. You fucking idiots. Get a fucking life. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> uh, and so, I mean, I guess the... I don't even want to say satisfaction, but just like seeing the disgust on Rich uh, on Benny's face for what he's done to Richie. Yeah. Like how awful... Good. You should feel awful. Right. So I I got a little bit of satisfaction in that. Son of a bitch. I know. He's the worst, but he still didn't die. So I'm really disappointed. (laughs) And uh, the movie ends with a news reporter who is not Spike Lee detailing that when the son of Sam Killer shot his last two victims, a witness noticed the parking ticket on a windshield. Uh, Okay. Right. As the killer drove away. Okay. And it was that fact alone that led the police to his arrest and that he pled insanity, claiming that a dog named Harvey told him to do it. Harvey. But eventually pled guilty and then getting him um, the six consecutive terms. And then so and then randomly they mentioned that the Yankees won the World Series that year. Okay. Right. Great. Elvis died. Oh, and then I did not. Apparently, I cut this off on my printing. I want to say somewhere. I don't know if it was three hundred three. I, I feel like it was three thousand arrests were made during these blackouts. Whoa, crazy! So that's why I feel like oh, during the blackouts, during the blackouts, yeah, people went crazy. and just arrests in general yeah. for anything. Yeah. So I feel I feel like it could have been, and that's why. Oh, it definitely happened. Yeah. I was just wondering if it happened. But everything else Spike Lee put in there sounds um, truthful. Like yeah. when it comes to like actual dates. Right. 
facts about Son of Sam. Mm-hmm. He kept it, I mean, as close as any movie we've watched so far. I agree. It's just he added more stuff because that's not the story so, he was telling. So that's my only beef with it is that to be, you were going to call a movie Summer of Sam, but the movie was about this piece of shit, Vinny. And all I wanted the whole time was for Vinny to die. So that kind of ruined the movie for me. It's a good movie, but that really... (laughs) Like, when you're going to ask me about my rating, this is what it really comes down to. Is I wanted that piece of shit Vinny to die. How funny. Of all the couples. That's so funny. Like, why couldn't Deanna have been the one who got grazed but lived and Vinny have been the one that died? Like, please. I know. That'd be too much satisfaction. I know. (laughs) Can't have that. All right, so... Out of five skulls, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a three. All right. <laughs> it's not like it was a bad movie. It's just, it's not a me movie. I feel like it, it should have had more to do with the actual case. I would have been more interested in that. Just the way that they kept bringing him into it was so confusing. Yeah, just randomly. There's this fucking man mad banging on the wall and yelling at this fucking dog until finally the dog talks to him and you're like, oh, yeah and i feel like i listen i'm gonna say this and just know that i have no idea what i'm talking about i know nothing about nothing no that's why you're here that's why we have listeners listen david berkowitz obviously was a piece of shit he killed and hurt a lot of people but i feel like what you're describing in the summer of sam is inaccurate yeah almost does like a I don't want to say a disservice because fuck him. Like, we don't owe him a good but betrayal. Mental, mental illness in general. But that's like, it doesn't sound like that's how he was. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, I don't think he was punching holes in walls to get, but I don't know. That's the problem is yeah. I have no idea. So I'll stop talking. Great. Well, I'm glad three out of three out of five skulls. Not bad. Way better than Gacy. And I mean, it's a real movie. It's a real movie by a real acclaimed director. Mm-hmm. All-star cast. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. And so what's your look of the week this week? We had a really try for this look of the week. After last week. I had to collab. After last week. I mean, how do you top that? And Lederhosen. In a a similar direction, right? We're back to disco. We're 70s. It's just. But you don't have any actual 70s I don't. 70s has just never really been in my wardrobe. Why, why would it be? I know. Well, I mean, I've got plenty of weird fucking 80s random pieces. But, but yeah, you love the 80s. I do. Yeah, why 70s. would the 70s be there? Um. So this week, B is going with... Well, you had the brilliant idea to just even be like a resident, like a citizen. A concerned citizen reading a newspaper. The, yes. And then... Today, I didn't mention it earlier because I wanted to tie it in now. Ooh. You gave Violet her first real haircut, haircut and, and color. color. <laughs> no, yeah. literally. And we cut it, right? We gave it a trim and a color. And so that's what made me think like, oh, my God, that's a huge part of the case and the movie is the women going mm-hmm. to get their hair done. Yep. And even though Vinny's a piece of shit, he worked at the salon and you work at a salon and just the way it all ties together. So, yes, that while I'm not really dressing for the part, I did make a newspaper. She made a newspaper at work that has the son, one of the Son of Sam letters in mm-hmm. it. And then like a map kind of. of like, yep. And then we're going to put a hairdresser cape on her and I'm mm-hmm. going to pretend to do her hair. And, yeah. you know, it'll be fun. It will. 
It's a good setup. Yeah. And to be fair, with as much as I've got going on tomorrow, just kind of prepping and getting ready to have a couple people over for a little celebration. It's nice that I didn't have to, like, paint my face. Right. Because we were trying. I'm like, what am I going to do? Put glue in my hair and go full punk goth? Because like, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to dress up as a guido when I don't have, like, a leisure suit. Like, <laughs> I, I'm a little surprised you also think that we could have made into a leisure suit. I mean, I guess we could have, but then I would have had to get. No, some... I like this take. I yeah. think it's different. And I it's agree. Fun. Yeah, and we also considered going back to like the lovers' lane kind of thing, where it looks like I'm creeping up on a car, and it's like, no, we've we done that. Did that. Yeah, no, I think this is a really good idea. Great, mm-hmm. I can't wait to do it. So mm-hmm. that leads us to next week is Bailey's podcast birthday week yes next week's her birthday on the 25th so we'll be podcasting right before it correct so would you like to hear what our case is going to be just for your birthday i guess your birthday week case that's my drum roll Mm -hmm. we're gonna do you get to dress as freddy krueger on nightmare on elm street oh my gosh is there a murderer Based on Freddy Krueger, or is Freddy Krueger based on a murderer? No. We're going to reverse it for next week's episode. You're going to do Freddy Krueger. You can watch as many Nightmare on the Elm Streets as you want. (laughs) Easy. And then there was a killer that came out in the past couple decades who got nicknamed the Freddy Krueger killer. Ooh. Because they based their murders on Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. So that's what we're doing for your birthday. You're welcome. Happy birthday. That's your reward for dealing with Summer of Sam. I I mean, what else were you going to have me do? American Hustle? Yeah. Listen, we don't have to bring that up. Be excited about Freddy Krueger. Sorry. I am so. Oh, how could I not be excited? That's your birthday one. We've already done Michael. We've already done Jason. That just leaves Freddy. Oh, my gosh. Are you going through all the Nightmare on Elm Streets right now in your head? A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. If nothing else, just do the first one. No. Isn't the first one of Johnny Depp in it? Of course. But, I mean, that's like an obvious, but my all-time favorite, like I said, was the one with Roseanne. Yes. And so I think, if anything, I might redo that one. But you get to be Freddy Krueger. So, and I make a fucking good Freddy Krueger. I look good as Freddy Krueger. Super hot. The hottest Freddy Krueger to ever live. Right? That's what I'm saying. So that would be your birthday week. Oh, my God. Speaking of hot. So Nick comes in. I'm brushing my teeth or whatever, and he's like, those fucking Instagram pictures of you were hot. And I'm like, what? Which? The leader hose? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so that's what's working right now. Okay. You're like, yeah, when I'm we like, were dating and we didn't have a right, child. Right, and I'm like, should I should I not put these away? Should, should I keep these out? Like... That's so funny. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay. You're like, yeah, the, of course. The, the leader hose? Oh, and the Viking hat? And... <laughs> Oh, I thought he. Yes, those are hot because you're wearing high heels. I thought you were talking about the one I Not posted the one you today. Posted today, no, where you guys no. are drunk at Oktoberfest no, with the, your chucks on. The original. No, of course, right, no. of course, the ones I posted from Party Like a Monster yeah, episode twenty five. Yeah. You're wearing crazy fuck me heels. You have his leader hosing on, but no. they're so much shorter right. on him on you than they were on him. On him, they go down to his knees. On right. you, it's like mid thigh. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Yes, I agree with him totally. Yeah, I was like, okay, so the leader hose and it's it's a look. 
It's a lick. It's a I think the heels probably had a lot to do with well, it. Well, obviously. Yeah. We all, we all know what the heels are for. Yes, queen. <sighs> all right. Anything else? No. Mm-mm. That's it. That's it. That was a great episode. I'm so excited for your birthday. I, I am too. Cannot wait. I know. Bees turning 24, you guys. Right. It's going to be a fucking party. Well, let's at least lie realistically what's gonna 32 no i was gonna say our next podcast episode is 27 i'm, t- I'm gonna be 27, 27 baby 27 on the 27th episode 27. with freddy krueger and hopefully the freddy krueger killer i hope i have not promised something that i can't deliver on how but funny I'm would that be gonna though? try really that hard would be i googled best. it one time right it's the it's what the, more do you need the frederick krugel <laughs> <laughs> all right we gotta go we gotta go so but you can see us on thc podcast on instagram thc true on twitter true hollywood crime on facebook you can listen to us on all podcast streaming all platforms streaming platforms all of them including all. fucking apple i wish i had an apple to bite into oh all my right. god what an exciting day um Thank you so much if you listened this entire time. We appreciate it. Or even just for part of a time or yeah, one but time. If or they only listen to part time. of a time, they're not in this part, so they can't <laughs> hear us say thank you. So it doesn't matter for those people. But listen, tell a friend, tell a family member, like, subscribe, leave a rating, any of those things. Leave a comment for Bailey on Instagram. She's dying for them. Always. All she wants is to respond to your comments. I'm a desperate middle-aged woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yep, it's true. Give me something to live for. <laughs> I gave you something to live for, and that's to look like a hot, sexy Freddy Right, Kruger. and that's going to... Are you going to go for authentic Freddy or sexy Freddy? Let's see how much time I have. You have a whole week. All right. You have seven days. Uh-huh. And let's see how good I can work with toilet paper. Right. Wow. Make oh, right, in latex. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> toilet paper and latex. <laughs> Do you have anything to do next week? Right. Next weekend? Anything that you have to be there for Saturday? Right. Do I need to take a whole week off from work? Yeah. No. All right. So that's something to look forward to. Again, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Hey.